What is going on, everybody? Welcome to another edition of Coastal Covers. This is your boy, GCG, coming at you with my buddy, Mike. What is up, Mike? Hello there. <laughs> uh, today, we are going to be continuing our quest to cover all 131 college football teams by way of covering a conference for every single podcast we release. This week, we are going to get into the Sun Belt. Uh, your feelings on the Sun Belt? Yeah, I like what the Sun Belt did, adding a couple of new teams, uh, adding Marshall, Southern Miss. Um, they, uh, the, I really like the direction they're going. Uh, if things go the way that we talked about, they could go where there's a couple super conferences and everyone else kind of falls off. This could be a SEC of the lower tier teams. Yeah, I 100% agree. Um, the Sun Belts, it's really starting to catch up in my eyes to the Mountain West. A little bit the AAC, the AAC just has like bigger names, but it's it's still a step back from the Mountain West. But I think it's finally starting to catch up where, like you said, many SEC, they build big O and D lines on these teams. Um, they're physical. They run the ball well. There's just there's a lot of marquee programs. I mean, like you said, the SEC and the FCS, if things go the way they look, they're looking like they're going, I mean, this team has some of the best FCS teams of, like, our generation that we've seen, you know? Yeah, and they have a ton of, especially bringing in Southern Miss, you got all kinds of NFL talent coming from that school. Uh, some of the other schools, Marshall, of course. I mean, you have big names. Brett Favre, Randy Moss, list goes on and on from this conference. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, you already had App State. Now you bring in James Madison, Marshall, like we said, all of these teams are just marquee FCS programs during their time there. And a lot of them are keeping it up here in, in the FBS. So it'll be interesting to see what happens. I, this this conference just keeps building. Um, we're going to get into these teams a little bit, go team by team, break it all down and give you our favorite plays for each team and then our favorites of the conference. So uh, we're going to start off with the Louisiana Monroe Warhawks. Uh, they bring back a decent amount, particularly on offense. They are 82% of returning production comes back on offense. That's good for 21st in the country. Um, recruiting, randomly, this team had the fifth best recruiting class in the conference in 2021. Uh, other than that, not great. Not a, a lot going on in the transfer portal. Um, last year, they went 4-8. and eight. This year, Vegas is saying over under 2.5. What do you got going on here? Uh, this team does have a very, very young offensive line. All five offensive linemen projected starters are sophomores. Uh, however, three of them did start last year. So you do have a little bit of experience. Uh, they have some depth at running back, have some receivers back, and this team actually has my favorite player in the entire country, Boogie Knight at wide receiver. <laughs> I just love that name. Uh, he's pretty good. Uh, 5'10", 193 senior. Um, look for him to make some plays and uh, – be a big playmaker in this conference. Yeah. Um, I mean, we talked about Akron back on track now when we did our Mac podcast, you know, bringing in Joe Moorhead. Lucky for them because a few years ago they kicked Terry Bowden to the curb like a year or two removed from winning the Mac and were terrible after that. So Terry Bowden comes in. He's coaching Louisiana Monroe. He already brought this team. I think their win total last year was like one and a half. He won four games here. Um, you know, you lost Rich Rodriguez was the offensive coordinator last year. You lost that. But Matt Kubik comes in, who the last time ULM was good, he was their OC. That was from 2016 to 2019. You bring back your quarterback. You covered a lot of, of other stuff on the offense. So I think the offense is looking good. Um, defensively, you brought in Vic, Vic Koning, who uh, 
he's going to be their D coordinator now. He's been a D coordinator at Wyoming, Troy, Clemson, Kansas State, Illinois, West Virginia. So outside of Illinois, um, you know, that's pretty good, pretty good pedigree to him there. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, that's they got some big name coaches at this team. So uh, I think they definitely are going in the right direction. And, you know, maybe not this year, but in the years coming up, look for them to, to make some noise. All right, so we'll get into the schedule. They're going to start off the season at Texas. I got a loss there. Yeah, me too. And then you bring Nichols to town. They were 6-5 and five in the FCS last year. Usually a pretty good program, but I still got a win. I say I got a win. And then you go to Alabama, so they're just stacking them up here. That's a loss. <laughs> a loss. And then you're going to bring ULL to town. This is the second leg of a back-to-back for Lafayette. Um, uh, Louisiana Lafayette did win last year 21-16, to 16, though. It's close. Lafayette leads the all-time series 32 to 25. They've won 12 of the last 14. I actually have the win for Monroe. I have Lafayette there. I think Lafayette still has a little bit too much talent, but uh, it's definitely a tough game. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you're definitely right. They still do have a lot more talent. Uh, I just like the upset spot. So we're going to go next up. you got at, at Arkansas State. Um, kind of a 50-50 game. Arkansas State won it last year. I gave it to Arkansas State this year again. I gave it to Arkansas State as well. I don't really like this Arkansas State team, but uh, I did give it to them at home. And then a brutal stretch. You got Coastal Carolina coming to town, and then you go to South Alabama and to Army. I gave them three losses there. I did as well. Yeah, that's that's a tough stretch. Luckily, you get a little bye week after that, and you play a winnable opponent in Texas State, and I gave them the win over Texas State. I gave them the win there too. All right, and then we're going to finish off the season with another back-to-back road trip. Georgia State and Troy, I gave them losses to both of those teams. So did I. Uh, yeah, not a lot of wiggle room. Those are two of the better teams in the conference. And then they finish off the season bringing Southern Miss to town. Um, I did give them the win there over Southern Mississippi. I did too. I, I think they uh, they come together for the last game and pick up the win at home. Uh, so that brings them to 3-9 and nine for me. I got them at 4-8 and eight again. I do like the over on this team, but it is minus 125, so it's not something I'm going to be like jumping out of my shoes to bet, but I do like the over. Here. Same here. Same here. All right, so we will move on to the next team in the conference, which is Georgia Southern, the Eagles. Um, whole new look going on here. Returning production-wise, uh, Clay Helton comes in as head coach, and, and he actually did a good job keeping people on this team. Um, Chad Lunsford was the coach for a long time there at Georgia Southern, and they've you know traditionally always run the triple option, which I love to see in college football. I hate that it's gone from this team, but um, you remember why Chad Lunsford got 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 fired? No, there's that kid drinking a beer on top of the bus after a win. Oh yeah, that's right. So, like he was 18. <laughs> that's so right. like that was the problem, but like I don't know, a kid chugging a beer on top of a, of a the bus after the game like it sounds kind of awesome honestly yeah it does <laughs> uh, so they fired them the season completely unraveled under them last year they went three and nine now they do bring back total production 85 percent of their total production is back that's good for six in the country particularly offensively they bring back 92 percent, which is good for third in the country so um a lot coming back vegas sees it over under at four and a half um what are you seeing here uh you know, so they're they're gonna completely flip around. I mean, triple option to spread or spread to triple option is about the the hardest thing to do. Uh, even if they decide to go pro style, I don't really know what Clay Helton's gonna try to do there. But uh, they brought in uh, Kyle Van Treese uh, at quarterback from Buffalo. 
Uh, he's a proven name, so he's he's a senior this year. Uh, it's definitely a good name to bring in a quarterback. Uh, they do have some some talent on both sides of the ball, but it's going to be all new schemes on both sides. It's going to be a whole learning curve here. I don't think much of this team for for at least for this year. Yeah, I think it's it's really hard to set a high expectation for a team making this drastic of a switch. I mean, we saw it a few years ago um, again in Georgia when Georgia Tech switched uh, from the triple option and, and went to what they're running now, and they suck. And they so, still haven't recovered from that. Yeah. I mean, it's been years now. It's I mean, there's four or five back on the O-line. Do you have their sizes on the O-line? Yeah, I have uh, 305, 300, 285, 305, 285. So, yeah, I mean, a couple guys pushing three bills there. That's good, but it's it's primarily pretty undersized. We already talked about the Sun Belt um, being kind of mini SEC and, and bringing in big O&D lines. So that's going to be that's going to be rough. That's going to be a hard adjustment. I think it's a good move for Kyle Van Trees. He had almost 5,000 career passing yards at Buffalo. However, he like really sucked last year in Linquist's first year. Linquist is a running guy, so I think it really switched shit up on him. So I think a good move for Kyle Van Trees. They do have a three-time All-Sun belt running back J.D. King returning after only playing four games last year. He got injured. So that's nice. I do like this, too. They brought in Washington DB, DB coach uh, Will Harris as defensive coordinator. So um, not a good defense last year, but Washington has been pumping out some defensive backs. So I do like that move there. Uh, let's go ahead and get into the schedule here. Vegas sees it over under four and a half. Um, we're going to start off with two and nine in the FCS Morgan State. Uh, I'm going to give them a win there. I got a win there. And then you got a back-to-back road stretch at Nebraska and at UAB. I got two losses with uh, no wiggle room. No, no, two losses easy. Uh, then you bring Ball State to town. Uh, debatably, I'm going to give them a win over that, but uh, – it's not a lot of confidence there. Yeah, that's a 50-50 game. I do have the win going to Georgia Southern there, though. All right. Another back-to-back road stretch. you got at Coastal Carolina, at Georgia State. Again, no wiggle room, two losses. Two losses. And then you bring James Madison to town. This is the second leg of a back-to-back for James Madison. However, I am going to win. give the win to them. I give the win to James Madison also. All right. And then you go at Old Dominion. That's homecoming for Old Dominion. I have the loss for Georgia Southern. I have a loss. Snag a little bye week, and you're going to have South Alabama coming over on the second leg of a back-to-back road stretch for them. So I do have the win there for Georgia Southern. Yeah, I have them. I have them winning South Alabama. And then you finish off with an absolutely brutal uh, stretch here. You made a good point that you know they're making such a drastic switch, and the end of their season stacks up these three teams at Louisiana Lafayette. Marshall comes to town, and App State comes to town. So, like you said before that we started recording, even I mean. They're not going to win these three games, whether they're firing or not. Right, exactly. I mean, if they had an easier end of the season, you could maybe say they squeeze out five or six wins because maybe these guys come together, they're playing well under the new system. But if if you're bringing these three teams as your last three games, you're not going to win those no matter what. No, absolutely not. So I have them at three and nine for the season. As do I. And I have the under on this team, like, pretty easily i see no way in hell this team gets the five wins yeah that was my favorite under i have uh under four and a half plus 115 that's an easy bet for me all right so that'll bring us to our next team which is the old dominion monarchs coming off a really surprising season uh ricky ronnie this is technically year two as head coach he came in in the covid year old dominion opted to not play in the covid year (coughs) pussies but um, he did a really good job last year. I expected this team to really suck last year after taking the entire season off, and they won six games. Now, their wins were over Hampton, a Louisiana Tech team that completely fell apart, 
NFIU team that completely fell apart. Uh, FAU, so there's a good win. Middle Tennessee and Charlotte. So a couple decent wins there, but nothing world-breaking. Um, some really wins over really bad teams. So uh, not much going on in recruiting for this team. Kind of middle to lower end of the pack in the uh, Conference USA when they were there. Now this year they were uh, eighth in the Sun Belt. Returning production, however, 90% of their offensive production does come back. That's good for fourth in the country. Uh, I got 11 starters back on offense, Mike. What do you think about this? Yeah, uh, offensively, they were uh, 85th last year, which isn't terrible. I mean, it's it's kind of the lower middle end. Uh, they, do, they do bring out back a 1,000-yard rusher, uh, all five offensive linemen. Uh, starting quarterback, Hayden Wolf, 6'5", 219 sophomore. So uh, they do have some – some uh, pieces there on offense, and they bring everybody back. So, look for that to be a pretty decent offense. Uh, defense, defensively, uh, they lost some of their best players. They lost their best player. Um, questionable secondary, but they do have a uh, a very good front four on this team, from what I read. Yeah, um, I mean, this team last year versus the past was 101st, which that's going to have to get a lot better. With only six returning starters, I, I think this defense is just going to really struggle. Um, like you said, the offense is looking good. I saw the same things you saw. The only thing I saw a little different, they do have, you know, starter Hayden Wolf at quarterback, which is cool, returning, but they also brought in a Notre Dame transfer, Brandon Clark, Brendan Clark, and they have senior DJ Mack Jr., which Clark and Mack are both dual threat quarterbacks. So I think it's going to be interesting to see what Ronnie goes with or if he kind of uses like a platoon quarterback system or a dual quarterback system and kind of goes like with the Notre Dame transfer and Hayden Wolf. I think it's going to be real interesting, but uh, Vegas thinks that this team's not going to be that interesting because they project out four and a half wins. Let's get into the schedule. They're going to start off the season bringing Virginia Tech to town. What do you have going? Uh, I have uh, Virginia Tech winning that game, but uh, I have only about 60% confidence in that. I think that uh, they could very easily beat Virginia Tech at home. Yeah, I mean, I'd like to point out that in 2018, Virginia Tech came to Norfolk, came to play Old Dominion on their turf once before, just a few years ago, and they lost. And they didn't just lose. They lost by two touchdowns. It was 49 to 35. I bet that uh, that 22,000 in that stadium, in the <laughs> SB Ballard Stadium, was rocking that day. But I remember that game. Yeah, I, remember I do, that too. Game. I remember watching it and just I think I had actually the other side of it. Or I might have, I might have taken Old Dominion in the points like I like to do with little brother matchups. But I remember the game was just Old Dominion controlled it from whistle to whistle. <laughs> yeah, they did. You know, and now you have Brett Pry in his first year coaching Virginia Tech. A lot of new shit going on there. Grant Wells is the quarterback there. Um, he's a G5 level quarterback. Actually, he probably played against Old Dominion last year um, with Marshall. So, um, yeah, I gave the win to Old Dominion. And I feel okay with it. I like the upset there. So uh, we're going to go into a back-to-back road stretch after that. East Carolina and Virginia, Old Dominion on the road for both. I got two losses. I have two losses as well. Then they are going to bring Arkansas State and Liberty to town. Uh, that is the third leg of a, a triple back-to-back-to-back road spot for Arkansas State. So that's a win for Old Dominion, and I have them losing to Liberty. Yeah, I have a win for Old Dominion there. Uh, it is a good spot for them because uh, Arkansas State's a passing team, and uh, Old Dominion is good against the run but not against the pass. So – uh, however, in that spot, in that particular spot, I still like Old Dominion. Uh, however, Liberty and, and Coastal were both losses for me. Yeah, sneaky spot in that Liberty game, too, because that is another Virginia team. So um, interesting that they bring them to town, but I do have the loss there. They have the bye week, like you said, then they go at Coastal. That's a, 
homecoming for Coastal Carolina. So I have the loss there as well. So then we'll travel into the next three games. We got Georgia Southern coming to play Old Dominion. That is going to be homecoming for Old Dominion. Uh, then they go at Georgia State, and they bring Marshall to town. I have them getting one win there uh, over Georgia Southern, and that's it. I have two. I have Georgia Southern uh, loss at Georgia State, and then I do have them upsetting Marshall at home. Uh, good possibility. They did. Actually, we talked about Grant Wells playing against uh, Old Dominion last year, and they lost to Marshall. Uh, Old Dominion did, but it was only 20-13 to 13 in overtime, so interesting there. I do have the loss. They are 1-6 all-time against Marshall, so. Um, okay, we'll follow up that with the end of the season here. Three-game stretch. you got James Madison at home, the second leg of a back-to-back for James Madison. I got the win for Old Dominion. I do as well. And then a back-to-back road trip to end the season at App State, at South Alabama. I have two losses. Uh, I have them splitting that. I have them losing that App State, but I do have them beating South Alabama. All right. I got them 4-8, and eight, Mike. And I have them 5-7. and seven. So you have them just a little bit on the over. I have them just a little bit on the under. The under is minus 120. So for me, that's my play, but I don't really – I won't be betting this. No, no, I wouldn't touch this either way at all. Yeah, especially, I mean, I gave them a win over Virginia Tech. That's risky there. So um, stay away for us. So we're going to move on to Arkansas State. Now, Arkansas State, terrible last year, 2-10. and 10. Their only wins were over Central Arkansas and uh, Louisiana Monroe. This is Butch Jones' second year. Um, what he is doing well at Arkansas State is recruiting. Uh, before Marshall came to the Sun Belt, he had the number one recruiting class in the Sun Belt. It's number two now. Marshall does outrank them. So he is recruiting really well there. However, they don't have a lot coming back returning production-wise. I don't see a way this team gets much better. How about you? Now, uh, the the uh, grades that I went off of that, I was kind of looking at the previews. Uh, they have them ranked pretty high uh, as far as Sunbelt goes. I don't like this team, though. They were 2-10 and 10 last year. Uh, they had less than 1,000 yards rushing last year, which is absolutely horrible, even for a passing team. Uh, they only have one offensive lineman back. James Blackman is back at quarterback for his 76th year. Uh, transfer from Florida State back when we were little kids. Um, so... Uh, they do have some experienced receivers next to Blackman, uh, and then and then that defense was 129th last year. Yeah, I mean the offense. The offense. I think you're just going to see a lot of the same. The the O line was shit last year. It's all underclassmen and transfers this year. Um, they were 91st in the transfer portal, which is okay for a group of five team. It's not great. Um, the defense is is like entirely rebuilt through the transfer portal, so that's where they did the bulk of that. Um, it's going to be hard for the defense to be worse, honestly, but I don't see them improving enough for this team to make a big difference. Uh, Vegas, however, does set the over under at five. We'll get into it here. They're going to start off the season bringing Grambling to town. They were four and seven in the FCS last year. I got a win. I got a win there, and I, I got one more note too. I'm just looking at their at their tackles here. So, so James Blackman's a guy that gets out of the pocket and likes to make throws out of the pocket, things like that run sometimes or, or whatever. He's a scrambling guy. Their tackles, <clears throat> neither one returns as a starter. Their left tackle is a true freshman. And their right tackle is 340 pounds. Wow. So, I mean, they are, they do not have, I mean, he's probably going to be slow as all hell. And then there's a freshman on the other side. So I don't see a lot of protection at all. And then, then their interior line is all sophomores. So that's, that's not good. Yeah, I mean, who really knows, you know, the second 
rated recruiting class in the Sun Belt. It's 67th in the country. So he brought in some talent, but I just don't see how any of it's going to really address what sucked last year. No. The whole line was shit this year. <laughs> you just covered it. Doesn't sound good this year. <laughs> no. So and and now you have this offensive line who who does not sound good at all. You got a freshman on one side that, like we said, that 340 pounder. And now you got to travel to Ohio State week two. Yeah, yeah. The next three games after Grambling are at Ohio State, at Memphis, and at Old Dominion. So you got one game that's somebody that's even on your level, and it's your third straight week on the road. They're all losses. Yeah, they're all losses. So it's not even debatable. I mean, Memphis only won in Jonesboro, Arkansas last year by five, but now you're going to the Liberty Bowl, which is the only place Memphis is even good at. Right. So, yeah, one and three start, really no wiggle room there. Uh, then you're going to bring two teams to town. Uh, you've got Louisiana Monroe and then James Madison. I did give them two wins there, uh, being kind. Uh, I gave them the split. I have them beating Monroe and losing to James Madison. And then they're going to go for another road trip back-to-back weeks at Southern Miss. That's homecoming for Southern Mississippi. And then at Louisiana Lafayette. I have two losses there. I do as well. And then they bring South Alabama to town. South Alabama whipped up on this team last year, 31-13. to They've won four of the last five. So I do have South Alabama winning that one again. I did have Arkansas State there pick up that win. All right. And then a bye week. And then they're going to bring UMass to town. I gave them a win there. I did as well. And then they're going to finish off the season at Texas State and bring Troy to town. Uh, interesting note in that Troy-Arkansas State game, the last four times the road team has won. I actually have the road team winning again this year, so I have Troy winning. Yeah, yeah, I have uh, double losses there, so I do have Troy winning as well. Um, that brings them to four and eight for me. I uh, don't see a whole lot more they can win, and honestly, the only reason, I mean, they have Grambling State and UMass at home and Louisiana Monroe at home, so they really got uh, kind of some decent wins there, but other than that, I, I mean, it's going to be a real struggle to find some wins. Yeah, absolute best-case scenario, this team wins five games. There's no way they do better than that. Um, you know, maybe they flip that Texas State game and get a win there. But I, I don't see this team going over the number. There's no way they're making a bowl. So I really like this play. I also have them 4-8. and eight. Yeah. All right. Now we are going to talk Texas State Bobcats football. Always exciting to talk about uh, the Bobcats. Not really. Um, returning production, 77% of their – Production returns from last year, which is 24th in the country. Most of it on offense. They are seventh in the country with 89% returning production on O. Last year, they were four and eight. Um, they beat Florida International at home in overtime. <laughs> they beat South Alabama at home by two. They beat ULM at home by six. And they beat Arkansas State at home by two. So all home games that they won, all within a touchdown or less. Um, so they squeaked out for last year. This they, year, oh, go ahead. Oh, they did uh, They did lose to Incarnate Word at home last year. Yeah, well, they have that sweet-ass <laughs> quarterback at least. Yeah. Uh, whatever. This team sucks. Yeah. <laughs> um, they're over-under set at five. Um, I see it being at the end of the line for Jake Spavital. This is year four as head coach. He's nine and 27. Um, unless you've got something great on this team, I think he's done. I think so, too. Their offense shouldn't be bad. They were the 78th rushing team last year. They did bring back their running back, uh, their top offensive lineman. Uh, their running back had 744 yards as a freshman. Uh, quarterback, they bring in Lane Hatcher. He's uh, thrown for 7,000 yards career-wise at Arkansas State. So they do have a bit of talent on this offense. 
Uh, defense is a different story, though. Yeah, defense is really concerning. Um, this team allowed 33 points per game last year, which is obviously not good. Um, they were 98th in passing D. There was only two – I'm sorry, 98th in passing D, which is only – uh, the only category they cracked the top 100 in the country in defense last year as far as ratings, as far as the major categories. Um, 12 of 20 of their graduating seniors from last year, uh, they graduated this year, they were all on the defense. So uh, it's going to suck. This defense is going to be terrible. Yeah. Um, go ahead. Uh, no, that's, I, I agree. That's uh, just – I don't know what – I mean, this team, their wins were so bad last year. And, and like you said, that loss to Incarnate Word, I mean – they, they did have four wins, so I don't really know to, what to expect. I mean, this it, it, they could have the talent of an 0-12 team, but, you know, being that they won those games last year, they have the production back, they did get Hatcher. I don't know. It's it's really tricky. Yeah. All right. Well, let's get into it and see what we think is going to happen. Uh, Vegas, like you said, over under five. They're going to start off the season at Nevada. Now, Nevada uh, lost Jay Norvell. He went to coach Colorado State in what – Appears to be a lateral move. Very interesting. But yeah. um, Nevada also lost like half of their team to Colorado State. Went with Norvell. I do have Texas State getting a win just on continuity here. I have a loss. I've, I have Nevada beaten them, but that game is 50-50. Yeah, absolutely. Then they're going to bring Florida International to town. Like we said, they beat them last year. I'm going to give them a win there as well. Same here. So they start off 2-0, and and then they go at Baylor. Now, they played Baylor pretty tough on their own turf last year. Now they're going to play them on the road. I got a loss. That's a blowout. Then they bring Houston Baptist to town, who was 0-11 in the FCS last year. Uh, so I got a win there. I need to. Then they have a real tough stretch here at James Madison. Bring App State to town and go at Troy. I got three losses with basically no wiggle room. Same here. And then they bring Southern Mississippi to town before a bye week. I, I still have a loss there. Though. I have a loss there. I, I could see them potentially winning that game, but I still have still have a loss. All right. And then a, a back-to-back road trip. They're going to travel to ULM and to South Alabama. I have them losing both of those games. I I actually have them splitting that. I have them losing the Monroe game, but then uh, an upset at South Alabama. I have a feeling we're going to be very different on South Alabama. Yeah, I think so. <laughs> you think they're a piece of shit. I think they're terrible. <laughs> All right, and then they're going to finish off the season at home. They bring Arkansas State to town and then Louisiana Lafayette. I got them splitting with a win over Arkansas State. And I have the same thing. All right, so I'm going to have this team go four and eight. That's good for the under. Um, I don't necessarily love it because the under is minus 130, but I don't see them being bowl eligible. Yeah, I mean, this is one of those games. I, I've been four and eight. I didn't mark it as my favorite, but I would be willing to throw a giant chunk of money if I had a giant chunk of money uh, on that under because there's no way this team's winning six games. No, it's it's really impossible from that schedule. There's five's the ceiling. I love the even numbers. Like, I love when it's yeah, like five or six. Too. It makes it a lot easier, I think. All right, so moving on from the Bobcats, we are going to go into the Southern Mississippi Golden Eagles. This is their first year in the Sun Belt. Um, <clears throat> rough couple of years in the Conference USA. Uh, last year was Will Hall, head coach. Will Hall's first year um, as head coach of the Southern Miss Golden Eagles, and he's a Willie Fritz guy. I like what he's doing here at Southern Miss. Last year, the team was really destroyed by injuries. They went 3-9. and nine. I mean, they were running Frank Gore Jr. at, at quarterback for like the tail end of the season actually when they picked up a couple wins oddly enough but um this year will hall's done some big things they were number 79 in the country fourth in the sunbelt in recruiting 
transfer portal, they were number 40 this year, which was sixth among non-Power 5 teams. And that was only behind your teams like uh, Cincinnati, UCF, Houston, those kind of teams. So really, really good job uh, raiding the portal here for Will Hall. Um, and also returning production, 85% of the returning production from last year, good for seventh. About an equal split on offense and defense, 86% on offense, 83% on defense. So a lot coming back. What are you seeing here? Uh, this team had one of the worst offensive lines in the country last year, if not the worst offensive line. They were absolutely terrible. Uh, there was a lot of injuries on that team, especially at the quarterback position. Uh, they couldn't protect. They couldn't protect the run. They couldn't protect the pass. They couldn't do anything. That being said, this team's got a lot of talent. If that offensive line can hold, this team could be pretty good. Uh, you have Ty Keys coming back from injury at quarterback. Uh, he definitely showed some promise in this freshman year. Uh, Frank Ward Jr. looks like he's going to be a stud. Jason Brownlee at wide receiver, so they have some talent. Uh, and then the defense, I mean, the defense was awesome last year. 42nd overall, uh, 24th against the pass. They have seven guys back. Yeah, it was a surprisingly a very, very good defense, especially when you consider how bad the offense was. The D was probably on the field the whole game. Um, so uh, on those on the notes on offense, you, you covered a lot of what I was going to say, but the O-line only brings back two of five from a bad O-line, but they bring in transfers from Mississippi State and Ole Miss. So um, they definitely went a little bit uh, upgraded there for sure. That, that gives you two more guys that should be able to pop right in and improve your O-line already. Um, the linebackers in secondary return 10 defenders that have double-digit career starts on their belt. So that's huge. The D-line is entirely rebuilt. However, they bring in six transfers that came from the SEC or JUCO. So they really loaded up in the portal. I think this team, uh, as opposed to Arkansas State, I think this team went out and addressed like all of their concerns perfectly. I think so, too. That's uh yeah this they definitely and they had that huge stretch in the middle while they had all the injuries I mean they lost what eight games in a row last year yeah they lost yeah. eight games in a row last year so uh, it was a rough season for them but I definitely think they bounced back a bit this year yeah uh, Vegas thinks so too they're over under set at five and a half um, let's get into the schedule here they start off the season bringing Liberty to town I do have a loss there I do too then they go on the road to play Miami of Florida I have a loss there as well me too. Then you bring Northwestern State to town, who was 3-8 in the FCS last year, and then you go at Tulane. Um, I have them winning over Northwestern State, losing at Tulane. Same here. <clears throat> then a bye week, and then you're going to go on the road to play Troy. Yeah, that's that's a tricky game. I did give the win to Troy there, but I uh, could definitely see it going either way. That and Tulane, both. I could see them splitting that, but I do have two losses. They could potentially, especially with uh, the Will Hall being Willie Fritz's OC before he took the Southern Miss job. There might be a little bit to that. And Tulane wasn't very good last year. So right. I think Tulane won two games last year. So anything could happen there, really. Um, so brutal start here. I have them one and four. Yeah, same here. So then they're going to bring Arkansas State to town for homecoming. I do have a win there. I have a win. And then they go at Texas State and bring Louisiana Lafayette to town. I got two wins. They're actually Southern Misses, 40-11 and 11 all time against Lafayette. Oh, wow. Uh, I do have them uh, dropping that Texas State game on the road, uh, but then I have them picking up the win against Lafayette. Okay, a little bit of trickery. Yeah. All right, then they're going to bring Georgia State to town uh, after Lafayette. So tough home stretch there. I have them splitting it. I have them uh, losing to Georgia State. Same here. And then they go on the road to play Coastal Carolina. So they got like the three of the best teams in the conference in a row. I have them losing uh, to Coastal. 
Yeah, I have them losing the Coastal as well. And they're going to finish off the season bringing South Alabama to town. I have a win. And then going to Louisiana Monroe, I have a loss. Yeah, I have the same. So I have them five. Oh, I'm, I'm sorry. You know what? I, I did not mark this on my uh, on my thing. I actually had them uh, beating Lafayette or uh, Monroe, right? Okay. Or did I have them beating Texas State? No, I had them beating Texas State. Okay, so I have them at five and seven. Okay, yeah, me, I, I have them at five and seven as well. Um, that being said, as far as the under, you know, under five and a half, I know I have them at five, but this team could really be a sleeping giant. Um, Vegas even set the over at minus 125. So this is kind of a no touch for me because I think Vegas played into exactly what I'm seeing on paper with this team. And, and I think they could be, I wouldn't be surprised if this team somehow squeaked out seven wins. No, I wouldn't either. Uh, I did go the over five and a half, even though I have them with five wins. I think five wins is kind of their floor this year. I think this seems that got a lot, a lot of talent with uh, kind of a tricky schedule. So, um, but I, I do have them five and seven, uh, which technically would be the under, but I would, if I had to bet it, I would bet the over. Now on to a team that Mike thinks is absolute dog shit, the South Alabama Jaguars. <laughs> um, this team doesn't bring a ton back. 62% of their total returning production, good for 80th in the country, uh, 94th in the country in offensive production coming back. <clears throat> and being honest, they weren't a great offense last year. They were 41st passing offense, which is good. That Jake Bentley last year, he's gone. So um, the offense is a little tricky to gauge. However, Kane Womack, this is his second year as head coach, went five and seven last year. Um, not great wins, but I do like Kane Womack. He's a defensive guy, and I think this is going to be a, one of the best defenses in this conference, hands down. Yeah, the defense does look good. They have uh, a lot of depth and a lot of talent on that defense. Uh, but uh, offensively, they did lose uh, Offensive Player of the Year in the Sun Belt, Jalen Tolbert as well as their quarterback, Bentley. So uh, they do have a, uh, a stud, a Juco stud, with Damian Webb uh, at running back coming in, 1,399 yards and 14 touchdowns last year at Juco. Uh, and like you said, I mean, the defense, defense, especially on the front side of the defense, they have a lot of talent and, and depth. Uh, so, that, so that defense should definitely be on the better side of the Sun Belt. I just don't like the offense here. Yeah, um, Carter Bradley transfers in from uh, Toledo. Uh, that's going to be a quarterback battle there. It looks like Carter Bradley kind of has the edge right now. I don't know too much what to take from that, but they do have an NFL caliber wide receiver, Jalen Wayne, um, and an all-sun belt tight end, Lincoln Sefchik, and an old Miss tight end that transfers in, DJ Thomas. So I see some weapons there at wide receiver. The O-line returns four or five. They're going to have to get a lot better. They were one of the worst O-lines in the country last year. Um, on the defensive side of the ball, watch out for their secondary. They got two all Sunbelt first teamers, uh, cornerback Daryl Luter Jr. and safety Keith Gallman. So that defense is going to be really, really good. Offense is a bit of a mystery. Vegas sees this team over under five and a half. Um, let's get into the schedule. They're going to start off six and five FCS. Nichols coming to town. I got to win. I got to win there too. Tough road stretch after that at Central Michigan at UCLA. I have two losses. Same here. Then they bring Louisiana Tech to town. This is the second leg of a back-to-back -back for La Tech, who's completely rebuilding this year. I got a win. I have a win. Then they go on the road for uh, ULL, who is having their homecoming Lafayette. Uh, so I got Lafayette getting a win down there. Same here. A bye week, they're going to bring ULM to town. This is homecoming for South Alabama. I got the win for the Jaguars. Win here. 
Uh, they bring Troy to town. I have a loss. Same here. Back-to-back road stretch, um, which sucks, but it is against two of the worst teams in the country, Arkansas State and Georgia Southern. I have them splitting it with a win over Ark State, loss over Georgia Southern. However, they could really win both of those. They could win both of those games, definitely. Uh, that being said, I have them losing both. Uh, they have their last five games. Uh, you know, We'll get into the rest of them, but their last five games uh, are all kind of 50-50 games. Unfortunately, I went the uh, other way for South Alabama in some of these. Yeah, um, I guess that's where the pushback would come for me a little bit. I mean, they beat Arkansas State thirty-one to thirteen last year. I don't, I don't see that as too much of a fifty-fifty. Georgia Southern is tough because that's the second leg of a road trip, and they have a, a Georgia Southern has a bye. Um, so then we'll get into Texas State. Uh, that's the second leg of a back-to-back road trip for Texas State as well. Um, so I, I see that as better than fifty-fifty. I, I think they get the win over Texas State. I have a loss there as well. I, you have been losing to the three worst teams in the conference. I do. I do. <laughs> I just don't think a lot of this team, I don't know. I mean, I, they do have a really good defense, but I don't know what it is. I just don't think a lot of them. Huh. All right. And then at Southern Miss, I do have a loss there. I do too. And they finish off the season with Old Dominion at home, which is also the second leg of a back-to-back road trip for Old Dominion. So I have a win there. And I have a loss. <laughs> All right. So I don't drop in their last five. I, it's 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 kind of a, it's kind of a shaky prediction there, but uh, but I'm gonna stick with it. So I have them at three and nine. All right, cool. I got them at six and six. Um, overs minus one ten. I wouldn't call this one of my favorites, but I just have a sneaky sus- suspicion about this team. It's it's I'm on the over. Uh, I'm on the under, obviously, but uh, well, you better bet the shit. Out of <laughs> but I don't know. I mean, this that uh, you said, I, I see several wins on that schedule that I marked as losses that could potentially be wins. So. Uh, I mean, I think this team could go go anywhere from seven and five to three and nine, where I had them. Uh, unfortunately, I just have them falling apart at the end of the season. Well, it's not that unfortunate, you know. Like I don't care what happens. Well, that's me neither. <laughs> Only if I do bet, then I will. Yeah, right. <laughs> All right, so we're gonna go on to now the new to town, new to the Sun Belt, James Madison Dukes, new to the FBS. Um, you know, there's a ton of things I could, I could get into with how I normally start all the teams. They're, they're recruiting, their transfer portal, all this. Honestly, they, they're not ranked very well uh, in the FBS level at, at any of it. Um, 14th in the Sun Belt this year as far as recruiting class, 190th in the country. Um, that's concerning to me. 174th in the country in 2020, 138th in 2022. So that's at least good. For FCS level, you're talking there's 130 FBS teams, so they are 138th in the country. Right. That's good. But, um, yeah, transfer portal 129th this year, just like towards the end in everything. Now, as far as FCS, we all know James Madison. They're a powerhouse. They were 12-2 and two last year in the FCS, um, losing in the playoffs 20-14 to 14 to, you know, North Dakota State, who's year in, year out, the best in the FCS. So here's the thing for me. It was hard to find. I found it on DraftKings. The over under six and a half. Yeah, yeah, that's it's pretty high. Honestly, that's really high. They play eleven games. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, that's, that's a really high over under for them. I, I just, I don't know. I mean, this team obviously they've they've dominated the FCS and and we've seen them come up and beat some teams, but. I mean, even for the even for them, they don't have a lot back from from what they've had. So, uh, I I do like this team, and I think they're going to be decent. But uh, six and a half is is way too high. That's a big ask. Um, 
All right. So, yeah, the O, they, they lose one of the top quarterbacks in the FCS last year, Cole Johnson. They bring in Todd Senteo from uh, Colorado State, almost 3,000 passing yards last year, which is, like, super impressive when you consider Steve Adazio was their coach. Yeah, it is, actually. <laughs> Uh, running back is ridiculously stacked with a former FCS All-American, Percy Ajay Obese, I think. Yeah. Uh, a pit transfer, A.J. Davis, and Laurel Palmer, who had 1,000 yards last year. And he might not even, like, crack the rotation this year. That tells you how deep they are. <laughs> yeah, their running backs are really good. Um, they lose their top wide receiver, but they add a transfer from Boston College uh, and return Chris Thornton, who had 13 touchdowns last year. O-line's looking a little young. Uh, what are you seeing across this team? Um, I do see, uh, yeah, the offensive line is young. However, two of those sophomores did start last year. Uh, Chris Thornton back at wide receiver. He had 1,000 yards. Uh, and on defense, uh, they do have a couple stars there, They but they have a new secondary, an all-new secondary. Sam Kidd is a senior. Uh, they do have uh, – They. it's actually really weird. Uh, this team – or the uh, – the book that I'm looking at has them starting three safeties. So they have a little bit of a weird formation there that they run. Uh, but they their secondary does go senior, 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 junior. So they have experience. They cut most of those guys weren't technically starters last year. Uh, 17th in total offense last year, eighth in total defense. Obviously, that's FCS. So you're not really going to get to take too much stock in that. Um, I, I do like this team a decent amount. Uh, but it's gonna be it's gonna be a tough road for them to be uh, bowl eligible this year. Yeah, so six and a half. We'll get into it. They're gonna start off the year bringing Middle Tennessee State to town. I do have them getting a win there. I do too, and I like that first game in the FCS. I really really like that game for them. Yeah, I'm, I'm gonna be back that game. Yeah. Uh, then they're gonna follow up with bringing North Norfolk State to town, who was six and a half, uh, six and five in the FCS last year. But I got another win. Same here. By week, and then they're going to go at Appalachian State. I got a loss. Loss. And then you bring Texas State to town. So I got a win there. I got them at three and one. Same here. Back-to-back road trip. Now they are against two of the worst uh, worst teams in the conference at Arkansas State and at Georgia Southern. I did have them split it. I had Arkansas State get it done, and I had them beat Georgia Southern. Uh, I had them winning both games on the back-to-back, actually. You know, the weird thing about it is with the recruits coming into Arkansas State, that team, although they're much worse on paper, they're going to have, like, actually probably more talented teams. They probably will, honestly. Um, then they're going to bring Marshall to town after that stretch. It's homecoming for James Madison. This game is between Lafayette and Coastal Carolina for Marshall. I got the win. I have them losing this one. All right. And then a bye week. So they have two bye weeks in this 11-game schedule, so that's cool. Uh, but then they're going to travel to Louisville. It's right before Clemson for Louisville. This is a really interesting game. I have it as a loss. If James Madison was still FCS, I would probably have it as a win. Yeah, same here, actually. <laughs> Interestingly enough. All right, and then it's a second leg of a back-to-back road trip. They're going to go on the road and play at Old Dominion. I have a loss. I have a loss, too. And then they finish off with a tough stretch here. Georgia State at home, Coastal Carolina at home. I have them losing to Georgia State. However, Coastal, this is the second leg of a back-to-back, and it follows Virginia for Coastal Carolina. I got James Madison getting it done. I also have them splitting. However, I went the other way. I do have them beating Georgia State and then losing to Coastal. All right. So I have this team six and six. Six and five. 11 oh, six and five. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, I also have them six and five. Uh, uh, under six and a half uh, is plus 100. Uh, I just don't see a seventh win on that schedule, especially, you know, when I gave them, I gave them a win against Georgia State. I gave them 
a win on the second leg of a back-to-back twice. So I I don't see them going over at all. Yeah, I mean, that's the problem is you're playing Appalachian State, you're playing Marshall, you're playing Georgia State, you're playing Coastal. Like, those are four of the best teams in the conference. You have them all on the schedule. Now, three of them are home games, so that's good. But I just – I don't know. I, I gave them two of those games, actually, and I still have them on the under. So while I'm, like, really confident in this team winning six games, I feel pretty good about that. I see no way in hell in their first year in the FBS in a really good mid-major conference winning seven. I just don't see it, especially not in 11 games. No. No, me neither. Hey, I didn't notice this. Their offensive coordinator is Mike Shanahan. Oh, that is actually that's really interesting. Really weird. <laughs> <laughs> that's yeah. That, I didn't know that either. <laughs> is that like the Mike Shanahan or like the son or maybe a son? I, does I don't, Kyle have another brother? I don't know. Maybe. I don't. Yeah. I don't know. Maybe they'll fire him unjustly. Yeah. <laughs> All right, so going on to the next team, we have the Marshall Thundering Herd, another new team to the conference, a really big addition to the Sun Belt. Like, what a great grab for this team. Grabbing or for the conference, grabbing Marshall and grabbing Southern Miss, that's that's just outstanding. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, that's just a great, great move for the Sun Belt Conference, getting some really powerful established teams there. Yes, absolutely. Now, Marshall, um, a little bit of football karma last year. They uh they went seven and five, which is fine, but you know they had a really talented roster. But they fired Doc Holliday. They brought in Charles Huff from Alabama. This he's still back for his second year as head coach. Um, here's the thing I am seeing though that maybe this is why Doc Holliday kind of kind of ran his course at Marshall as well as he did for all those years. Uh, 2020 they were 11th in the conference USA in recruiting. 2021 now this was Charles Huff, but they were 10th. Um, this year Charles Huff got them all the way up to. 57th in the country, which is obviously first in the Sun Belt. Wow. But for the G5 in general, they are only behind Cincinnati, Houston, and UCF in recruiting this year. Wow, that's awesome. Yeah, and that's better than a lot of power – not a lot, but a, a, a lot of the tail end of the Power 5 teams. Right. Really, really strong recruiting class this year. Transfer portal, they were number 71st, uh, 71. They don't bring back a ton of returning production, 57% total for 102nd in the country. Uh, so not great on returning. However, speaking of offensive coordinators with familiar names, uh, former West Virginia quarterback Clint Trickett. He's only 31 years old. He's the offensive coordinator here. Yeah, that's awesome. I love seeing Clint Trickett back in the picture. I always, <laughs> I always thought he was uh, – he always amused me. Yeah, I mean, it shows our age a little bit. Like, like I feel like Clint Trickett like, played yesterday. I, I know. <laughs> he's 31 years old. I mean, he's still – Still could be a quarterback. I mean, you know, the guy for North Texas is, is 29, Austin Ani. <laughs> right. So, you know, he's only two years older than him. <laughs> um, Henry Columbia coming in. Uh, he's a Texas Tech quarterback. He transfers in, and, and he was a pretty highly regarded Texas Tech or quarterback in general. He's a pretty highly regarded quarterback recruit. He's going to re- be replacing Grant Wells, who transferred out to Virginia Tech. So I do like that. I think you lost a lot with Grant Wells. The production shows it. Um, because they only bring back 53% of their offensive production, and that's including Rasheen Ali, the running back, who had 1,400 yards and 23 touchdowns last year. So that tells you a little bit what Grant Wells meant to the offense. Yeah, I mean, Ali's 23 touchdowns. I mean, he's freshman All-American beast. Uh, They do have a very good front seven. Uh, Some of those guys weren't starters last year, but they do have a lot of experience. Um, 
they they have uh, their defense looks good. They have I have six returning starters on defense. Uh, they were 79th last year, but the uh, 44th in scoring, 28th in passing, so a little misleading there. Um, so I, I think this team's going to be pretty good. Yeah, they got 200 over 200 tackles returning returning at linebacker from last year alone. Um, cornerback Stephen Gilmore is a stud in the secondary. And then they added three power five transfers from Kentucky, Miami, and Purdue to the D-line. I think this team did a lot. Um, we'll see if it reflects in the in the win total here. Vegas sees six and a half. We're going to start off the season bringing Norfolk State to town. Um, I got a win. I have a win. And then a pretty tough stretch here. They're going to go at Notre Dame, at Bowling Green, at Troy. I have them going uh, one and two in that stretch, winning over Bowling Green. And I have the same thing. That is after the OSU game for Notre Dame, though, so an interesting little spot there. It that, is. That could be a close game. It is, yeah. Um, then they're going to bring Gardner-Webb to town, so a second FCS team already. I have this team winning that game. Same here. So you have, in your first five games, you go on the road three straight weeks, and they come out three and two. Yeah. So that's a pretty good that's start. Awesome. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, then you get a much-needed bye week, and you bring Louisiana Lafayette to town. Now, they also have a bye. However, I got Marshall getting the win. So do I. And then you are going to go at James Madison. It's homecoming for JMU. Uh, and then you bring Coastal Carolina to town. I have them losing both of those games. I have them winning both of those games, actually. Uh, I really like this Marshall team. Wow. Um, yeah. yeah. I mean, Coastal, Coastal, I was really close. That is a home game. Coastal has the bye before, and they've been in the Sun Belt a little. I, I guess it's just a win for Grayson McCall, I guess. That game's, right. that game's really 50-50. Um, then you're going to go at Old Dominion. Marshall's 6-1 and one all-time against Old Dominion. One last year in overtime, 20-13. Uh, to 13. I got him getting a win. So I do have the loss there. I had him, I had him beating Coastal, but then losing at Old Dominion. All right. And then they're going to bring App State to town. It's the second of a back-to-back -back road trip for App State. Uh, I got him winning that, actually, over yep. App. Okay, so I, I did have App State there. So we got a lot of differences in the schedule, but the records are probably going to be pretty similar. Yeah, and then they're going to finish off the season at Georgia Southern and then bringing Georgia State to town on the second leg of a back-to-back. -back. I got them winning both. So do I. So I have them 84. And I also have them 84. And the over is minus 145, but I, I am strongly on this over. Like, under is my, plus 125. I wouldn't touch it. No, same here. I'm, I'm definitely strong on the over. All right, yeah, very interesting team. I, I, I like that team a lot. Um, we're going to go now to talk a little bit of Troy Trojans football. They have 80% of their total returning production, good for 18th in the country, most of it on defense. 87% of their returning production is on defense. That's good for 7th in the country. They have not been recruiting well since 2020. 2020, they were second in the Sun Belt. They've fallen to the tail end of the conference now. Transfer portal, not a lot happening, number 139 in the country. Um, Tip Lindsay fired last year. Uh, he was the head coach. He's fired this year uh, to bring in John Sumrall, who was a defensive position coach at Kentucky and Ole Miss before this. He is a former, uh, I mean, he's a product of Huntsville, Alabama. He was he was born there. Uh, he played a little bit of linebacker in college, I believe, at Kentucky. So a defensive coach coming into a team with a lot coming back on defense. Last year, they were 5-7. and seven. All of their losses close, though, and they were to Liberty, ULM, which is the bad one, South Carolina, Coastal, Louisiana Lafayette, that one was by 14. It really tailed off at the end of the season, actually. Lafayette beat them by 14. App State pushed their shit in 45-7. Georgia State also pushed their shit in 37-10. What do you see in here? Uh, what, as far as Troy goes, they have uh, they have one of the best defenses uh, in all of the group of five. 
uh, not just the Sun Belt, and a better defense than uh, some of the Power 5 schools I saw. A lot of the Power 5 schools, this, this defense is good. Uh, it starts with uh, Carlton Marshall, uh, All-American linebacker last year. So when you're an All-American in the Sun Belt, you know you're good. Yeah, something uh, just real quick, a little tidbit on him. He was a walk-on Wow. Uh, when he started his career with Troy. He has 443 career tackles now. Whoa. Only 103 short of the Division One FBS football record. Wow, that's that's definitely something. That's that's crazy. Um, yeah, so that that defense is stout. Uh, I don't I don't have anything bad to say about that defense. They, uh, you know, they lost a couple guys here and there, but I mean, for the most part, I mean that that defense is stout. Twenty uh, fourth in the country last year, and I mean they could potentially be top ten this year. Uh, offensively, they, they had some struggles last year. They were 109th overall. Uh, however, they do return their entire offense. Uh, I'm, I'm showing a, a tight end and a center were the only ones that, that aren't returning starters. So uh, they do have uh, – they do need their offensive line to play a bit better. Uh, Gunnar Watson at quarterback needs to improve. So, so they definitely have some uh, – some improvements to do on offense, but but that defense is good enough to where if, if they can improve on offense a bit, this team could be really, really good. Yeah, I mean, you pretty much hit a nail on the head. Like, we both think this is a, a powerful, powerful defensive team. Offense, I think they're just going to ground and pound. Like, the O-line does need to improve a little bit, but four or five back, including back-to-back Sunbelt, uh, all Sunbelt left tackle Austin Stidham. So look for him to go in the NFL draft. They do have a stud at left tackle. Um, and Gunnar Watson has 16 career starts, so he needs to get better, but that's a lot of experience. Um, but with Summerall coming in, I, I see this being a very defensive team, so we'll, we'll get into it. Vegas uh, sees a little bit of improvement over the 5-7 and seven from last year. They have this over-under so six and a half. They're going to start off the season at Ole Miss. I got a loss. I got a loss. Then they're going to play Alabama A&M. They were 7-3 and three in the FCS last year, but I still got the win. Same here. And then they go at App State. I have the loss there. Same here. All right. Now we're going to get in. We have Marshall. This is the third stretch of the back-to-back-to-back road trip for Marshall that we talked about. We got the win. Win. And then at Western Kentucky, uh, far road trip. I think Troy's better than probably the better team, but I got Western Kentucky getting the win. I do have Western Kentucky there. And then a manageable stretch of the schedule here. You've got Southern Miss coming to town, Texas State coming to town. And then at South Alabama, I have three straight wins. And I I also have three straight wins. And then they snag a bye week before things get a little tougher. They go at Louisiana Lafayette. I have the loss there. So do I. And then they play Army, which is really tough falling up Lafayette. However, this does follow Air Force for Army. So very interesting there. Defensive coach, um, I, I still got the loss there. I got the loss, but that's that's could go either way, kind of. Troy is surprisingly fourteen and seven. Oh, I'm sorry, I wrote this down. I was going to say against Army, they played a lot. <laughs> no, it's actually against Georgia Southern, and I didn't include last year, so I was just kind of putting that on there to point out, like, hey, remember they do play the triple option a lot. Oh, right. Uh, it used to be almost yearly. So um, then you have Louisiana Monroe and at Arkansas State to end the season. I got two wins, and so do I. So I have this team seven and five. Yeah, seven and five. I think we have the exact same uh, wins and losses here. Yeah, I'm, I'm pretty strongly on the over. I feel like this team's a really good football team. I think they're going to – I have them going to the Sun Belt Championship. Yeah. Yeah, I think I did too. Yeah, I, I mean, I think I had them losing it, but um, – Oh, no, I, I did not have them in the Sun Belt Championship, no. but I, I think it was by tiebreaker. Okay. Yeah, I had them going by tiebreaker, so a little bit different there. But. All right. 
So that brings us on to the Georgia State Panthers. Now, Georgia State went 7-5 and five last year, rattling off six wins in their last seven games. This year, they returned a total of 76% of their production, which is good for 26 in the country. Uh, 72% of it is on offense, 80% of it on defense. That's 22nd in the country. Um, recruiting kind of middle of the pack for the Sun Belt transfer portal number 165, so nothing special there. Um, Sean Elliott coming back for year six as head coach. Uh, what are you seeing here with the Panthers? Well, it is not the uh, same Sean Elliott that uh, played for the Spurs in the 90s. But that would be pretty cool if it was. Um, I think that was spelled different, though. Yeah. I think <laughs> uh, it was a U, wasn't it? Yeah, I think it was. Or an E, maybe. <laughs> a weird S-E-A-N. I couldn't. I didn't know that that was Sean when I was a little kid. I thought it was Sneed. Um, they do have a very veteran offense, uh, eighth in rushing last year. Uh, pretty good dual threat quarterback in Granger. Uh, so they didn't have a lot of – it's weird. They didn't have a lot of production coming back, but they're all very veteran, all juniors and seniors, uh, and they're starting 11. Uh, they did lose their uh, best offensive lineman, uh, but they have two guys on their offensive lineman that were both all-conference that are back. Uh, defensively, uh, I'm showing six back. Uh, they do have a good pass rush and a good secondary. Uh, 83rd last year, so that needs to improve, but uh, it team does look pretty good on paper. Yeah, um, they did lose wide receiver Sam Pickney in conference to Coastal Carolina. So that was uh, he went through the transfer portal in conference. That that sucks right there, um, especially since Georgia State and Coastal they play this year. They're going to be competing for the top of the conference. I mean, in general, you got four teams at the top, four or five really. Um, so that sucks to lose that. But they bring back some experience at wide receiver. You covered the quarterback, the running back tandem. tandem um, Tucker Gregg and Jameis Williams, uh, 1,800 yards combined and 18 touchdowns combined as well. So, wow, really good running game coming back. Yeah, and that offensive line, I mean, four out of five back. They did lose an all-conference guy, but they have two all-conference guys back. Uh, only new starter is Trey Boner. Um, Bonner. Uh, yeah, either one. Yeah. <laughs> uh, 6'4", 299 junior, though, so he should be able to step right in. Yeah, absolutely. Um, Vegas thinks so, too, because they got this over-under set at 7.5, so pretty high here. Um, let's get into the schedule. So they're going to start off battling a couple of the Power 5 Carolina teams. They got out at South Carolina, and then they bring North Carolina to town. Uh, I do have two losses there. However, I would not be surprised if they split that uh, one way or another. Uh, but as, as far as on paper, I do have two losses. Yeah, I mean, South Carolina is like completely, you know, kind of new there after after a surprising year for Shane Beamer in his first year there. They have Spencer Rattler now, who's turnover prone. I mean, that's why he's in South Carolina. It's, he lost his job in Oklahoma. And then North Carolina, that's the second of a back-to-back road trip for North Carolina. Their first is at, in Boone against Appalach- Appalachian State. Um, I'm actually going to have Georgia State take the North Carolina game. Um, I got them going one and two in that stretch. Okay. Um, then they're going to follow up. Yeah, good job, North Carolina, by the way, scheduling really like two road games against G5 opponents that are really good. Yeah, you're not winning both of those. I mean, I, yeah. Just, that's, <laughs> and they're both on the road. Yeah, too. I don't know what the hell they were thinking. Yeah, consecutively. Yeah. Um, all right, and then they're going to bring a couple teams to town. They're going to bring Charlotte and Coastal Carolina to town uh, consecutively. Uh, Coastal Carolina and Georgia State, interestingly enough, they've played five times, and the road team has won every time. Um, However, I got Georgia State taking both of these games. I got them winning both at home. I do, too. 
All right. And then they're going to travel uh, and play at West Point. They're going to play at Army, and Army has a bye week before that. Army beat the hell out of them last year, 43 to 10. So I have Army winning that game. So do I. And then Georgia Southern came, comes to town on the second leg of a back-to-back road trip for them. I have the win for Georgia State. Win. Uh, bye week, and then you go at App State. App State also has a bye week before, so I have the loss there. Same here. And then their final stretch here, they bring Old Dominion to town. Uh, it's homecoming for Georgia State. I got the win. Win. At Southern Mississippi, I have the win. Win. Louisiana Monroe comes to town. I also have another win. Win. At James Madison, I have them keeping the uh, little roller on here. I have them beating James Madison. I have a loss there, but I could I could flip very easily on that. And then the final game is the second consecutive back-to-back road trip. After James Madison, they go to Marshall. I do have a loss there. I have a loss there. So I have this team 8-4. I have them 6-6, six and six, but I, I don't see any other losses on their schedule. I do see a couple more that could potentially be wins. Uh, I did go under 7.5 at minus 150. However, that's an absolutely terrible bet. Uh, don't bet that. Uh, I just had to put something down, and since I had them with six wins, but – you know, if I if I had to bet something, um, you, you know, I guess I guess I would take that. But the value is so far on the other side that that they could very easily beat North Carolina or South Carolina. Uh, they could they could very easily beat James Madison, uh, Marshall, Army. Those games are tough. App State, all on the road. But um, that's only three there that are that are kind of kind of uh, unwinnable. I think. Yeah, I agree with you. I mean, this this number's tough. The seven and a half is tough because the schedule is very, very hard. Um, I do like the over plus one thirty. It's a good value. It's not one of my favorite as far as like what I've come across so far, or what I've done. But I, I do like this over plus one thirty. I, I think I, I like this team to go to the conference championship. I actually like this team a lot. I think the continuity is going to help. I think they've been rolling for a few years now, so um, I am on the over there. Uh, all right, next up, we're going to talk a little bit of Coastal Carolina Chanticleers football, which Chanticleer, that's a fancy way of saying cock. Ooh. Um, <laughs> returning production for this team, not good. Damn near towards the bottom. Uh, total, they are 129th in the country in returning production. 123rd on offense, which we all know most of that is Grayson McCall coming back. Um, and then 30% defensive, which is 131st in the country. So they are the last team as far as returning production on defense, um, which hurts because this team was the 25th scoring defense, 16th against the pass, and 25th total defense from last year. They went 10-2 and two last year. Um, they've really picked up recruiting 2021 and 2022, both good for third in the conference. Um, 2022, they were 69 in the country, so that's pretty good, also a nice number. 10-2 um, and two last year. What are you seeing this year? Uh, it's definitely going to be a uh... – a, a little bit of a step back here uh, just because they, they don't really have anyone back. However, the guys that they do bring back, I mean, you have freshman All-American defensive end Josiah Stewart, uh, all-sunbelt first-teamer DeAndre Strong at corner. Stewart's a defensive end. And then Grayson McCall, who was the number one quarterback in college football last year as far as uh, I think it was efficiency or, or whatever it was, but everybody knows Grayson McCall. I mean, he's, a, he's an outside Heisman guy. So – you have three absolute studs on the team. However, you have like nothing else. Like they have nothing else. So, uh, but you gotta, you, you gotta look, these guys might've got some time in, in mop up duty last year. Uh, you have some juniors and seniors on the team. So 
So they do have some experience. It's just not the starters coming back, and you're not going to see uh, the same Coastal Carolina team that you've seen. Um, but with, but with Grayson McCall at the helm, anything can happen. Yeah, and I mean, I, I do like that they brought back their two running backs from last year, Braden Bennett and Reese White. I remember both of those guys pretty well. Uh, trying to pick a running back off this team for fantasy football was pretty tough. And that's how I kind of remember that they have good ones. Um, 8.6 yards per carry last year for Braden Bennett, so that's wow. fucking sweet. But when you're talking the production, uh, tight end Isaiah Likely, wide receiver Javon Haley, and Cameron Brown, also wide receiver. That was 161 receptions, 2,600 yards, and 24 TDs last year. So bringing in Sam Pickney, we talked about that from Georgia State. That's huge, but you did lose a lot. So we'll see what we think of the schedule in terms of the over-under. Vegas has the number set at eight. Um, they're going to start off the season bringing Army to town a whole offseason to prepare for the triple option. So that is good. I do have the win for Coastal Carolina. That's, I do. That's tough. I do, too. That's a tough game. I uh, I think I think McCall's going to come out firing. I think they do pick up the win at home. Like you said, they have the whole offense to, or the whole offseason to prepare for that. So I, I like the win there. All right. And then they're going to bring Gardner Webb to town, four and seven in the FCS last year, and Buffalo. Um, also, really far trip for Buffalo. So I got two wins there. So do I. And have them starting three and zero. Oh, and then they're going to go on the road to Georgia State. I have a loss there. I have a loss as well. All right. And then Georgia Southern comes to town. I have the win there. Win. And then they go on the road to play Louisiana Monroe, and they bring Old Dominion to town after that. I have two more wins. I do, too. And now a bye week, and then you go at Marshall. I did have them win just because they snagged the bye before. Uh, I have a loss there. I took I took Marshall that game. Definitely a 50-50 game there. Um, Appalachian State and Southern Miss are on deck, both coming to town. I have them losing to App State and winning against Southern Miss. I have them winning both of those games. All right. And then they finish off the season on the road, two straight games at Virginia, which is right before the Virginia Tech game for Virginia, um, interestingly enough. And then at James Madison. Um, I have two losses. However, I could see them I see them losing the James Madison game either way, but I could see them beating Virginia this year. Yeah, I could see that. Uh, I have uh, I have that flipped around. Uh, I have well, I have them losing at Virginia. I do have them beating James Madison. Uh, so I so I have them going nine and three. And the interesting thing about this team is we just don't really know. I mean, even their special teams they have a true freshman. Uh, they have freshmen starting at kicker and punter. So this team is uh, they have a lot of new starters on this team, but. I mean, when you have Grayson McCall at quarterback and you have, uh, you know, two uh, all-conference guys on defense, it, if the other guys can can rally around them, uh, I mean, this team could potentially – they don't have an unwinnable game on the schedule. They just don't. No, they really don't. I mean, it's not a, a cake schedule by any means, but they, they don't really have a game when you look at them and they're completely outclassed. I mean, as we said, they've been doing good in recruiting. Jamie Chadwell, I'm, I'm really surprised he came back for year five here as head coach. Um, maybe he's just waiting for Grayson McCall to, to leave before he takes another job. I, I don't know. Do you see him taking a, a bigger job here soon? I think so. I think next year we'll see it. Uh, I think McCall will go go to the draft. I mean, he's six foot three, two ten. He's plenty big enough. Uh, I think McCall will go to the NFL draft next year. I think Jamie call uh, Jamie Chadwell will leave. Um, but as far as this year, yeah, I have I have them nine and three. Uh, the over eight at plus one twenty, I have as my best value play. Uh, I think that's a pretty a pretty solid, pretty solid uh, bet.
bet, especially when you look at it. Now, this season could go a whole different way if the bottom of their schedule was at the top. But the way the way that it starts, I mean, so we have them picking up that Army game. I mean, even if even if you were to lose that game, out of your first, what, seven games, I mean, you're not losing the Gardner-Webb at home. You're not losing the Buffalo at home. You're not losing the Southern at home. You're not losing Old Dominion at home. And you're not losing that Louisiana-Monroe. So that's pretty much a guaranteed five wins at the beginning to get rolling. Yeah, that, that's a really good point. I mean, we both – I think we both have them six and one, right? We do, yeah. So, yeah, worst-case scenario, five and two, but that's the best way to get a, a team with a lot of new faces, a lot of experience and confidence. And then after that stretch, you have the bye week to, to finish off. So, right. um, yeah, I, I, I like that as well. I'm, I'm on the over as well. I have them eight and four, um, which is a push, but I, I just don't really see this team going seven and five, even though I'm not as high on them this year as I have been in the last couple of years. Right. Um, <clears throat> so that'll bring us to a team that's been uh, another team that's just uh, really, really a lot of new faces. It's Louisiana Lafayette Raging Cajuns. Um, I'm never going to stop saying Lafayette, so I don't care if they try to make me or not. <laughs> um, returning production-wise, this team's total 126 in the country, 48%. A little worse for wear on defense or on offense than they are on defense, but not good on either as far as returning production goes. Um, also, you have um, Billy Napier left to take the Florida job. The last two years before this year, 2020 and 2021, they were first in the conference in recruiting. So Billy Napier had that thing firing. Now you bring in uh, Mike Desermo, whatever. I mean, they bring in a Cajun guy with a Cajun name to coach the Cajuns. <laughs> that makes sense. It. That's adorable. Yeah, that's cute. <laughs> However, 111th in the country in recruiting this year, 10th in the Sun Belt, 149th in the transfer portal. So not a lot coming in this year to replace uh, what they lost. 11-1 and one last year. Only loss was by uh, 20 to Texas at Texas. Um, I don't know. How do you feel about this head coach? He was just a position coach and a co-offensive coordinator before this. I, I get the continuity thing, but I don't know that I'm really loving this as their pick for head coach. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, I think I think what uh, would put them over, I believe he did uh... – Coach them to a victory over Marshall in the uh, in their bowl game last year. Yeah, in the, in the Sweet Potato Bowl. Or whatever, <laughs> yeah, you know. yeah. Um, so I guess he probably does, like you said, have some continuity with the team. Uh, I have five back on offense and four on defense, so there's really not a lot. Uh, we obviously know Levi Lewis is gone, Napier's gone. I mean, a lot of that team is gone. Uh, they should have a good running game with Chris Smith back. Uh, Decent pass rush. Andre Jones is a stud on defense. Um, they have uh, also uh, Zion Hill and Eric Garrer were uh, all-conference second teamers. So they have some guys back. Uh, I, I don't think this is – I don't really think this is the year. I mean, they will take a step back, obviously, from 13-1. and one, But I kind of see this team falling back into the middle of the Sun Belt, uh, if not the lower tier in the next couple of years. Yeah, I agree. I mean, offense is interesting. You have a battle going on between uh, Chandler Fields, who's been a quarterback, um, backing up Levi Lewis for the last, I think, four years now. And then you bring in uh, Fresno State transfer Ben Woolridge. Apparently, that's supposed to be a pretty heated battle in camp there. Uh, You noted Chris Smith. He's averaging uh, 6.5 yards per carry as a running back in his career. Yeah, he's good. So that's really good. And there is experience, you know, for as far as receiving and tight end. However, the old lines only bring him back one, which I find troubling. And that could hinder things as far as the offense. The defense, how you covered, um, 
I do like their defense this year. They ran a lot of like frequent substitution packages last year, which means that while it doesn't look like uh, my book has uh, five starters back on D, but a lot of them got experience. And they also brought in a transfer to play their star position, uh, Brandon Bishop from Alabama. So I do like what they have on defense. I think their defense is going to continue to be tough. Offense is just a big question mark for me, especially behind a new coach. Um, Vegas sees the number eight and a half, uh, which seems really high to me, but let's get into the schedule. First, they're going to start off with Southeast Louisiana coming to town, which was nine and four in the FCS last year. They were a playoff team and they're ranked 19th this year. I do have a win. Though. I do have a win as well. So then you're going to bring Eastern Michigan into town and then go on the road to play Rice. I have two more wins. Me too. And then you go on a second leg of the back-to-back road trip. After Rice, you go play rival Louisiana Monroe. I do have them dropping that game in the rivalry. Uh, I have the win there. All right. And then South Alabama comes to town. I know you think they're a piece of shit. (laughs) That's homecoming for Lafayette. So I am going to go with the win over South Alabama. Me too. And uh, the thing uh, that, I mean, the first five games of the schedule is really easy. So... So that's kind of the uh, kind of the stance where I don't think they're going to take a huge, huge step back this year. Yeah, I mean it's very similar to what we just talked about with Coastal is getting uh, getting a little bit of confidence and, and flow going before the bye week. So that after South Alabama is the bye week, you get some easy games there. But then you're going to come out of the bye and you're going to go on the road to play Marshall, who also has a bye. Uh, I gave the win to Marshall. So did I. Then you have Arkansas State come to town, second leg of a back-to-back for them. I have the win for ULL. Same here. And then you go on the road to play Southern Mississippi, and I did actually give ULL a loss here. I also did. I went Southern Miss there. All right. And then you have two straight home games against Troy and Georgia Southern. Troy has a bye before that game. Very tricky spot here. I did give the win to ULL, but uh, hesitantly. Yeah, I, uh, I'm the same way. I gave it to ULL, but that's a tough game. Uh, and I gave him a win over Georgia Southern. Same here. And then you go on the road to play Florida State, which I have a loss marked down. However, it is before Florida for Florida State. And if ULL does keep up what they've been doing the last couple of years, this is a really, really dangerous team for a program like Florida State. Who and this is such a big year for them. I mean, if, uh, who knows Norvell or uh, yeah, Norvell might be fired by then. So yeah, uh, yeah. I mean, you don't know. Like. Uh, I mean, if you just look at it like you say, oh, at Florida State, that's a loss. But, I mean, last year they were considerably better than Florida State. So. Yeah, the Florida State lost to Jacksonville State last year, didn't they? Yeah. <laughs> so, I mean, you know, that's no gimme. So I have the loss. And then they go on the road for a second week in a row to finish out the season against Texas State. I do have ULL beating Texas State. So do I. So I have this team in 8-4. I have them 9-3. and three. The under is plus 100. That's my play, and I'm, I'm pretty strong on it. I, I'm not going to bet on this team to win nine games this year, not with all these new faces and a new head coach. Right. I, I went the over very, very hesitantly, only based on the fact that I do have them uh, winning their first five games fairly easily. So so after that, you know, they would just have to uh, win four more out of their next, uh, what would it be, I guess, seven. Uh, but I – I do uh, – I, I like the over, but not a lot at all. All right, so that brings us to the last team in the Sun Belt that we have to cover, the App State Mountaineers. Uh, returning production-wise, kind of mostly middle of the road. They lost a lot more on defense than anything else. There's nothing special. Defense, 56%. That's 104th in the country, so not great there. Um, Recruiting-wise, as expected, top half of the conference every single year for the last three years. Transfer portal number 110. I, I really 
I'm not surprised about that. I wouldn't see App State as a big transfer portal team. Last year, this team went 10-2 and with losses at Miami and at Lafayette. So two good losses there. Um, Sean Clark back for his third full season as head coach. He's 20-7. and seven. Uh, I really kind of expected this team to take a dip after losing uh, Satterfield and then losing Drinkwitz. I thought this team was going to fall off a little bit for at least a few years, but Sean Clark keeping it on track. Yeah, he is. Uh, offensively, like you said, they lost uh, some production there, but that was all at wide receiver. Uh, the running game's awesome. Uh, 1,000-yard runner Nate Noel, Cameron Peoples, rushed for 2,200 yards in his career. I mean, they have a really, really good, uh, talented running backs. And then you have Chase Bryce back at quarterback for his eighth-year senior. Um, <laughs> Bryce has been awesome so far. Uh, with them, 27 touchdowns, 11 interceptions last year. Uh, so they have, uh, along with four out of the five on the offensive linebacker. So I think that offense is going to be really, really good. Uh, 30th ranked last year. Uh, hopefully some of those receivers can step in for them. Um, but I'd, I definitely really like those linebackers or those uh, that offense. Uh, on defense, uh, one big name that they have on defense is uh, they have an All-American cornerback. Um Stephen Jones Jr. So, I mean, All-American at App State, that's pretty awesome. Uh, what else you got on the defense there? Yeah, that is that is fantastic. That was another name that I highlighted there. Um, the defense, I mean, like I said, the production, the defensive production returning isn't good. They lost five of their six top tacklers from last year. However, the real thing that I highlighted here, other than uh, Stephen Jones Jr., is that nine of 11 on the D are upperclassmen. So that makes me feel pretty good that this D is going to reload and still be pretty strong. Um, and, and the way that this team is going to run the ball with Nate Noel and Cameron Peoples, I mean, that's not just G5 level. That's two of the best running backs. Like, that's one of the best running back tandems in the entire country. It, it really is. Um, but, you know, to, to bring back to what you said about their defense, I think, and I just put this together right now, um, they do have a lot of upperclassmen on the defense. Um and one of the one of my question marks on them was the depth on defense. I think it's because all of those guys played last year and were good. It's just that, like they had some other guys. Some of them had rotations with other guys that graduated, things like that. And the guys under them now are underclassmen. Right, and, and like we said, this team's recruiting at you know top of the conference, top top five, basically for the three the last three years as you'd expect. So this team has talent just replacing talent. That's really all there is to it. These 9 of 11 starters coming back that are upperclassmen, they're going to be guys that would have started at pretty much every other G5 team across the nation, you know, but they they just chose to go to one of the toughest schools to play at because they are so damn good. So I think with the way the team's going to run the ball, I think the defense is going to be just fine. I think this team's going to be more of the same that we've come to expect from App State. So uh, Vegas thinks the same thing over under set at eight and a half. Uh, let's get into it. They're going to start off the season, bringing North Carolina down to Boone, North Carolina, where they live, they play. Um, that's going to be a loss for me. Uh, it's a win for me. I, I, I like them beating North Carolina in game one. Uh, it is tough to, uh, that is a tricky game, especially giving Mac Brown a whole off season to prepare for somebody. Um, but I, I, I do like app state still there. I just think they're the better team at home. Yeah. Um, 
the only reason I went with the loss here is because North Carolina actually has a tune-up game before this. They play, I want to say it's Florida A&M, something like that. Okay. So that's the only reason. I think if this was the first game of the season for North Carolina, I would have absolutely went with a win. And this is still not a confident loss for me for as far as App State losing that game. But um, that was my justification. I kind of thought they were going to split the two road G5 teams. So I made North Carolina lose the second one and win the first. Right. Um, next up, App State is going to be traveling to Texas A&M. I expect an interesting matchup. However, I do have them losing. Yeah, I have a loss there. I mean, there's not there's not many teams in the country that, that I would just say uh, loss for App State, you know, just mark it down without even really looking. But uh, A&M's one of them. I mean, it, like you said, it could be an interesting game. But A&M's a, a top five or at the very least top ten team. So. Yeah, my only thing with that is that is what they were projected last year too, and they really struggled against against some inferior competition. I mean, Colorado, they almost lost to Colorado. True. If that offense isn't clicking this year for AM, this game could be close, but I, I did also like market before I even looked at AM. So yeah. I am I am that confident. Yeah, I mean it's well, Texas AM on a quick side note is gonna be interesting this year and the next coming years because I mean they had one of the one of the best recruiting classes of all time in the history of college sports this year. So um, we will see how, how that pans out for them. Yeah, absolutely. They're going to be an interesting one to discuss. Um, next up, we're going to have three straight home games for App State. They're going to bring Troy, James Madison, and the Citadel all to town. I have them picking up three wins there. So do I. All right. And then they uh, go to Texas State where they're 6-0 all time against Texas State. So I do have... Another win there. Same here. And then they're going to get a bye week, and they're going to have two more home games, Georgia State and Robert Morris, who was 4-6 and six in the FCS last year. Uh, two more wins for me. Two more wins for me. They're going to go on the road to play Coastal Carolina. I gave them the win over Coastal on the road. Uh, I gave them a loss there. I, I had Coastal picking up that one. All right. And then the second leg of the back-to-back road trip after Coastal is they're going to Marshall. Um, App State won in Boone last year, 31-30. to 30. I think Marshall gets him in this spot, tough spot. Uh, it is a tough spot. Uh, I gave them the win there, so I kind of flipped on uh, Coastal and Marshall what you did, but we had the same results overall. Yeah, I think it's pretty easy to see them go one-on-one in that little stretch. That's a tough stretch. Um, then they're going to finish off the season. They bring Old Dominion to town. I got a win. Win. And then they're going to go on the road to play Georgia Southern to end the season. Uh, easy win for me there. Same year. I have this team 9-3, and three, and I'm, I'm pretty strong on this over. Yeah, I'm pretty strong on the over, too. I had them 10-2. and two. Um, and then I have them uh, going ahead and beating uh, Louisiana Lafayette in the conference championship. So I, I really think a lot of App State this year. Yeah, definitely. Me too. Um, so that brings us to what is your favorite play uh, over one underwise for the Sun Belt this year? Mike? My favorite play was the Georgia Southern under. Um, I just don't see it, and especially how I, t- I talked about a little bit, or we've talked about, about how you know they, they have all new – the whole new schemes on both sides of the ball. And and even if they do put it together, the end of their schedule is brutal. So uh, I under four and a half at plus 115, uh, I have them winning three games. Uh, so that's my favorite one. Yeah, it was the same exact. I mean, you know, we say it every, every week, like we try to be different, but sometimes there's not much wiggle room. This is one I just don't see it going any other way when you're switching from a triple option to a spread offense under Clay Helton. Maybe they could turn it around a little faster just because of Clay Helton coming from Power 5. Maybe they'll start getting recruits, but it's not going to be this year. The under plus 115, that's that's too good to pass up. Yeah. Uh, your uh, best value play. 
Best value play, I have uh, that Coastal uh, plus 120 for the over eight. Uh, so they won they won 10 games in the regular season last year. They have Grayson McCall back, and uh, they do have that cake beginning of the schedule uh, other than Army. So uh, I definitely uh, I, I like the over there for the value. All right, mine is going to be Georgia State. Um, I'm just kind of taking a stand on this team, if I'm being honest. The, the schedule is really tough, but over plus 130, I like that value a lot. Um, I can easily see this team getting to eight wins. They have a really good roster, and I just have them being kind of a surprise team coming out of this conference this year. So I'm a little bit bullish on Georgia State. Uh, you know, the Coastal one seems a little sexier, but I am on board with the Georgia State uh, plus 130. All right, so that does it for the Sun Belt. That goes through every all 14 teams that they now have in that conference. Um or you can find me personally on Twitter at GCG underscore wins. If you ever want to reach out, Mike, we also have a uh, Coastal Cover Twitter page. What's the handle there? Yeah, it's uh, at Coastal Covers 24. Uh, we just started it up. Uh, I shared the old podcasts on there. Uh, definitely give us a follow. Give us some likes, you know, and uh, yeah, we'd love to hear from you guys. Absolutely. Any questions, uh, forward them on to either one of those Twitter handles and we will get back to you. Um, next up, we are going to be going into next week the Mountain West, I'm assuming, right? Yeah, Mountain West. It's tough to kind of pick between Mountain West and AAC. They're both really good G5 conferences, but I think the AAC, just because of Cincinnati and Houston, right. still a little leg up. UCF, too. Right. So, all right, we'll be into the Mountain West next week. We'll see you next Monday. Thanks for tuning in, and uh, catch you later.